Hey, it's your old pal, Slim, and welcome to a special preview episode of our pilot season presented by 70MM. With me, as always, is artist Danny Haas. Hello. And our TV insider, Protolexis. This is just a taste of the brand new pilot season, which are episodes just for our supporters on Patreon, Apple, and Spotify focused on the pilot episodes of TV shows, some of which are so good they might as well be movies. Hmm. You know, Lost was our first episode, Danny. That's just for supporters. It should be a movie. Should we should we p- get these released in theaters to watch some pilots? Can we make some phone calls? Who do we call? Do we know any movie insiders? <sighs> That could connect the dots for us. We've gotten a ton of DM requests to cover Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. It's a long title. It is. I'm, I don't like making long episode titles, so this might be the longest one we've ever done. Mm-hmm. But uh, Proto, why not celebrate Labor Day with Lord of the Rings? Why not? What else is anyone doing? You're not laboring. <laughs> You're sitting mm. on your bum looking for some TV to watch. Fired up. Uh, so if you're a supporter, we're still planning on doing another pilot episode for September, so stay tuned for that. But for this pilot episode of The Rings of Power, we're going to be covering the first two episodes since they all dropped at the same time um, on Amazon Video in the States. I'm assuming that's global. It's always Everyone can just watch it on Prime Video. And right before we recorded, I think like they put out a press release, 25 million people watched God. these episodes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like the fake Netflix, like (laughs) hours watch. They literally called out viewers, like 25 million viewers. Ring heads. It's incredible. (laughs) Bezos does it again. Okay. Uh, So we've covered Lord of the Rings in the past. We covered Mm. the the only movies that people care about, the original trilogy, not the seven Hobbit movies. Mm. Do you look back fondly on that experience, Danny? The three of us talk about those movies? It's it's one of my favorite trilogies. It's something I watch every year. So to be able to journey with the two of you Mm. uh, into this middle earth of film uh, was a fantastic time. And so I'm excited that we get to talk about this. Pardo, what's your anticipation level for this show leading up to the premiere? Was there anticipation? Were you like cooled off? Yeah, I think I... I think I had a lot of anxiety though. Um, I was fearful of what could go wrong after having recent kerfuffles with um, TV series and just mm. disappointments. You know, hearing there was whispers in the dark about things not oh, going gosh. well for the production of this. Mm. You know, what what's it going to look like? I mean, Amazon has Amazon. What is their track record? Could they pull something like this off? But then, of course, it was Lord of the Rings, which I love and I was very excited for. So I was hopeful, but uh, worrisome. That was mm. That's probably where I was at most of the time. What about you, Danny? Is that the same for you? Exactly the same, pretty much. I mean, when I watched the first trailer... I got real anxiety levels of trying to have to learn new characters and a new story because this doesn't really follow much of the any book specifically, let alone um, bits and pieces. Are, are A lot of it's made up by these um, showrunners. So, um, of course, I was worried about it. And it's on Amazon. So, their track record is what? 
Fleabag. Tomorrow War. Tomorrow War, exactly. Chris Pratt. So yeah, I was I was anxious because I I did not want to hate this. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> I need to put out a disclaimer just for people that are checking this out. They're like, yes, Rings of Power, 70 mm. Maybe they skipped the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm a Lord of the Rings noob. Okay. No one calm everyone just calm down. Okay. You're not gonna get Slim the expert here. I'm gonna ask dumb questions. But we're gonna get through this together. Don't gatekeep these elves <laughs> from people. The dwarves. Just setting the stage here for this conversation. <laughs> so for these TV episodes, this is, again, this is just a preview of what our supporters get. We did Lost, we did X Files, we have another episode coming. Um, we'll we'll still try to talk about our top three things for this episode, but we won't give a rating. We'll just talk about if we want to continue on this journey for this television show. So I'll start, uh, I won't start since I'm the noob. I don't mm. want to give my first thing. I'll, I'll wait in the shadows. Danny, what's your number one thing that oh, you- Should I give a little synopsis? Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I always do that. Synops. I always, I always no, forget okay. the synopsis. I'm here for you. <laughs> sorry, it's a, new, it's a new thing for <laughs> yeah. us. You know? This is new. It's all brand Fourth new. Fourth time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Rings of Power? Uh, Tolkien's book, Lord of the Rings, centers around the one ring- that was made by Sauron the Dark Lord. Uh, but there were other rings made in time before that that belonged to dwarves, elves, and men. Uh, this is a time before Frodo Baggins, Aragorn, and even Gandalf the Grey. We follow the adventures of Galadriel as she hunts for the last stronghold of Sauron, uh, and Elrond as he helps the ringsmith Celebrimbor in a project of great importance. Elsewhere, in the world, a sylvan elf discovers a returning of evil and orcs, and a hobbit east of Mirkwood helps a stranger that has fallen from the sky. This is the Rings of Power. Been up right oh now. Oh my god! In the background, Howard. Howie. <laughs> I don't. Is it Howard? It's not Howard. Yes, yeah. the He's main back. theme is yes. It's Howie. Mamma mia! You He's feel back. that? <laughs> you weren't feeling Howie. Howie. <laughs> yeah, we need to watch Uncut Gems for the show. Oh no! Stress month. Can you imagine we did like an entire month of movies like Uncut just Gems? Stress movies. It's just safety movies. <laughs> yeah. Safety month. <laughs> Okay, Rings of Power. The first two episodes, as of recording, are available on Prime Video. You can fire them up in 4K HDR. I didn't actually get these in Dolby Vision. I watched it on Roku. I'm not sure if anyone else saw it elsewhere. But, so let's start with uh, Danny. What's oh, the number one note? This is a big event. It's huge. Lord of the Rings are huge for you. How did That's it go? That's fine. I will one? start off with my number one note. Um, Disney retire from making television. <laughs> You're finished. You're finished after this. After Stranger Things, after Lord, after Rings of Power, two episodes in, I want them gone. Like no more making television. You have been, uh, you look like a fool at this point. So uh, this show, I could not get over how fast I was 
engaged into Middle Earth again. And all my anxiety was gone within like 15 minutes because I was mm-hmm. already hooked with this story. I didn't care that I didn't know most of it. I was in love with Galadriel, like oh my, my queen. I wanted to follow her to the ends of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over how fast and how well and how all of the billion dollars you could see in these first two episodes. It <laughs> looks and feels and sounds and the dialogue itself is incredible. Like I, I am in love already with this show. It feels like I could hear Danny tearing up talking about the pilot <laughs> episode of Rings of Power. It's it's ridiculous. And it's just uh, it just goes to show when you just have faith in a product, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like yeah. they had they they threw the money at it and they had people who were um passionate about making the show. And it shows. It really does show. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was the the opening scene with little Galadriel as a child at the the river. I was a little like, ah, I feel like I've seen this before. This doesn't Mm -hmm. look so great. But then when it cut away from that and she begins narrating what happened to her brother, the, this like kind of like, uh, you know, setting up in the way the first Lord of the Ring, the Fellowship of the Ring sets up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I got down on my knees and like, I scooted closer to my TV because I was like, I need, mm-hmm. I need to be like soaking this in. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was immediately just like you, I was enraptured by what I was seeing. Like I felt like I was watching. It was like, I felt like when I f- saw fellowship for the first time, oh, like we're back, know. we are back in middle earth. Mm-hmm. I had that same feeling. And of course it's a different level. Things look a little different. It's it's definitely a different level of production. But they somehow were able to accomplish what you were saying, like what Disney ha- like has no clue as to how to accomplish of doing something at a f- smaller scale, but still preserving that the spirit of the thing. Mm. You just gave me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking back over the last, how how many decades of Disney has existed? Almost 100 years. Mm-hmm. Is is Kenobi the worst thing Disney has ever done? <laughs> in their Obi-Wan entire history. Kenobi, and it's the worst thing they've ever put out. An absolute <laughs> abomination of a program. They blew it. Every single angle has been blown by Disney. And I want I want everyone in prison that was involved in the production of that mm-hmm. television show. I know I, if you like it, that's fine. But I'm telling you, I would imprison them. All. <laughs> you know what I was worried the most about watching this beginning? Sorry, I'm cutting you off, Slim. No. Uh, is comparing a, so much of it to the to what Peter Jackson created, and I feel like they touch enough of it to give you the vibe, but they are creating their own thing. And for some reason, they both feel like they work perfect together. And I know we're like second age and the world has, hasn't gone to shit yet. And so it looks cleaner, better. But I think that that like really helps this story separate itself, but also still feel, I mean, you could have told me Peter directed these and I would have believed, believed you because it still has that feel. And it's still, it's still giving me that Lord of the Rings vibe that we've loved for however many years at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the smart the smartest thing they did with this is they totally escaped any uncanny valley you could have by mm-hmm. trying to recreate anything that appears in the movies. Even the idea of of creating this people of the the, the Harfoots who don't exist um, with any of the literature that uh, Tolkien created, but they they feel like hobbits, but you have no frame of reference in terms of. Anything other than they are just hobbit people, but have their own culture, who they have their own dialect, they sound a little different. Mm-hmm. They have all the same things, like they have the books, you know, they, they, um, you know, they, they, they're sneaky. They have all those elements of hobbits, but it all looks different and was able to establish itself, uh, f- you know, free from what we have in Hobbiton in the movies, which I thought was brilliant. We're talking about like the billion dollars. I think it's like a billion dollars over five seasons, I think they're planning on spending. But man, this looked really good. Mm-hmm. It looked really good. I mean, some of the backdrops, like they look like matte paintings a little bit mm-hmm. to me. Like they looked real yeah. good. Mm. And there, there was only maybe one scene that I felt like this is maybe a green screen. Other than that, I was like just gawking at the backdrops. I was like, wow, that's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like even at the, the onset where she's walking with her brother, through the fields, I was like, damn, that looks nice. Yeah. Like, all of that stuff was gorgeous. Um, even the this the scene with her leading her team up the ice. Oh my god. I was like, frig me. This yeah. is good. <laughs> so, Proto, what's your number one for Rings of Power? Um Yeah, production was my number one. Number two, which Danny handed out, was is the writing. Um I probably wrote down like five or six different lines from this mm. movie. It sounds like stuff from the book to me. Mm. Like it is really well written and not just the dialogue. Um, but I think the crafting of the story is is really good. I know some people I was reading on the Discord. Um, we have a spoilers channel about you know, about this coming out and people are talking about it. And some people feel like it's a little slow. It's... Um, they're not, they didn't do enough to like maybe hook you with one character or one storyline because it's really following like these three different storylines at once and jumping through. I think it works great. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I'm just like so invested in this world and I love, I love this universe so much that I don't, I don't care so much. Like I'm just like eating anything up because it, because it, it feels really good that I don't care that like, Oh, well I want to see more Galadriel or I want to see more about like the dwarves. I don't really, I love everything that they're developing this story and it all feels like it's cohesive and leading somewhere. Like each scene is a story beat that's relevant to the central plot. I feel Mm -hmm. like, and I don't feel like there's no fluff. They're not wasting any time. It's very spread out but it feels like it's leading somewhere. I was just like really impressed by the way this is written. Yeah, the first episode, I agree. Like I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, but I thought I was pretty drawn into the writing. Like I was pretty drawn into, I mean, Galadriel, I would die for her (laughs) after that first episode. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So like we can combine like my first couple points, but am I... A Lord of the Rings fan mm-hmm. after this <laughs> first two episodes. Like I was I was stunned. So like starting off, I didn't even I, I knew nothing going in. So I thought this was kind of like a new character at first. And then they said her name and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, that's uh, I Googled and I was like, oh yeah, they're these two are in the other movies. 
But when they talk about how they're finally like getting their journey, so like she makes she's on the hunt for Sauron, mm. and she is, is like getting close, but they get called back and they get their they get like their the news that they can go to the next realm, they can die. <laughs> I mean that scene on the boat. <laughs> Like when she is like so close to the end and she has the like her brother's weapon and she keeps like looking back at it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was sick. That was so good. And she dives in the water. And the voiceover kicks in. But sometimes the lights shine just as brightly reflected in the water as they do in the sky. How am I to know which lights to follow? Sometimes we cannot know until we have touched the darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was at that point, I was pretty much all in on this series. And I hate like I don't like talking about if it's not Stranger Things or something else. Like I usually keep my opinions to myself just because I don't want to get caught up in the like the hype or the dr- mid season drama or mm-hmm. drowning in other people's opinions. So if I was watching this without you guys or the show, I just keep it to myself that I was mm-hmm. watching it. Totally. Because I think famously the one thing, one show that like. I just got like drowned in hype was Battlestar Galactica where like I started watching Battlestar Galactica and I was telling some people and they're like, Oh, wait until you get to season four. Wait until you see what happens. And when it goes off the rails and like, I just like, I don't want to talk about TV anymore with anybody, but this so far so good. Like the cliffhanger, the first episode was rad. And the second episode with Elrond and um, his dwarf buddy. Prince. The prince. I wrote down his name. What's his name? Prince, I want you to uh, say his name. I wrote it, where did I write it down? Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Elrond not seeing his friend Prince Deeran for 20 years. Mm. Uh, yeah. I love that. I love their interaction on the escalator, the elevator. He's like, 20 years is a lifetime for me. And how he hadn't seen him. I Oh, my God. I mean, even God. These, these, these characters I couldn't give two craps about before this show. I'm like... I'm pretty already invested and that's pretty difficult. So it takes a billion dollars to do that, I guess. Well, and it brings back to, uh, you know, Legolas and Gimli Mm -hmm. and the relationship between an elf and a dwarf. So it kind of ties back to something we're familiar with. And I I think I, I love how they're exploring just the different races and the relationships and also that element of time for elves relating yeah. to other people. Like he's like, oh, it's been 20 years. It's only been that long. And Duran's like, that's my whole life, dude. <laughs> like well, mm-hmm, I had yeah. a, a wife and a family in this time. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. I was, you know, what's crazy is the um, the idea of coming into this with only the notion of dwarves and elves hating each other. And I loved what you said when they're on that elevator and they they're at odds and that's kind of like playing into what we know already but then they're at odds because he hurt him like he hurt his feelings like he hurt him deeply as a friend and i was like oh this is a different level of just being mad at each other this isn't the elves you know at war with the with the dwarves or whatever uh, the cause of 
the turmoil in Lord of the Rings. This is different. This is best friends and this is a hurt relationship. And to see it like slowly mend back together and the conversations and his, the way he apologized to him, but he apologized by congratulating him on, you (laughs) know, his marriage (laughs) and his kids. And I was like, God damn Elrond. Like it was such a great moment and I felt it. Yeah. I mean, how old is he? He's got thousands of years experience probably working on apologies. He knows the right way to apologize. <laughs> Proto's number two, so let's rotate to Danny. What's your number two? My number two was, it really is the the relationship between uh, Elrond and Galadriel. Because uh, my knowledge of them, because there's not much written about Galadriel that I know. You may correct me if I'm wrong, Proto, but I feel like she's very lightly touched on her life before um, the fellowship and Lord of the Rings and all that. And so what I know of Galadriel is basically she's friends with Elrond and and Elrond marries her daughter. Like that's about it. So this whole backstory of her um, being told feel it's pretty much brand new. Correct. Proto? Like this whole story of Galadriel feels, I don't think it's written anywhere. I think it's based off of random songs and the tales of the years or whatever it was called in the appendix. But um, I, I just fell in love with Gladriel's story. And then also Elrond. They're just fleshed out and written really well to begin with. And I've already like forgotten, not forgotten, but displaced the idea that this isn't Peter Jackson's Elrond and this isn't Kate Blanchett. Like I've mm. already stopped trying to compare and I'm happy with these, the way they're written and the way they interact and their projection, like the way their their trajectory is in the story. And it's just, it goes back to the writing and the performances that these two people have. Yeah, I did some, I did some digging <clears throat> on Galadriel. Actually, insider. so I watched, I watched these two ep- episodes yesterday and I immediately hopped on my bike. Oh gosh. Rode to the library and got the Similarian. Wow. The Support uh, local. Cause I had to go back. I had to go back. Cause I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get refreshed on like what is coming from Tolkien mm-hmm. and what's being, you know, made. So I was looking in there. Cause I know, Gal- I remember reading Galadriel's mentioned in there. And then I was just, I went on the wiki and just like looked her up. And it, it seems as if um, there, there is a, there's not a ton, but there's a good bit about just like a summary of what she was doing mm, in okay. the second age and what was going on. And this is pretty much diverting completely away from anything that's written and um, like she, she wasn't like a warrior that went like searching for Sauron, you know, in the the northern waste or anything. But um, I don't really care that it's not <laughs> right because yeah, I, I you know I I also maybe have made the mistake that I went on Reddit just to see what people were saying. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you, mm-hmm. the elite ringheads are out I and bet. they are I pissed. Bet. And what? I say, get a life. Um, yeah. I think you know what I, if it, what's more important is that you you tell a good story, I think. And I think what they're doing is they're taking you know they're taking liberties with these characters to tell a good story, a cohesive story that'll be entertaining that keeps the spirit of the books but strays away from maybe what's Canon because you know no one's ever gonna write those probably like tell those stories anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking this character and, you know, taking half of what's true from the books and then, you know, adding something that'll just tell a great story, I, I'm all in, in and, and and 
I, I don't really, I, I don't really mind them adding different stuff because I feel like they're handling it well. It's one thing if they took it and just took a complete steaming pile on it and it sucked, mm -hmm. but this feels like people are passionate about it and love it. Um, so I'm just like kind of on board with that when people do it in, in, in the right way. Mm. Um, yeah, some, I was going through some of my honorable mentions, but yeah, so I wrote down some of those lines about how they were talking about, um, well, the same wind that seeks to blow out a fire may also cause its spread. Oh, they're talking about the flame, God. the fire. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was also, uh, Elrond said to Deeran, where there is love, <laughs> it is never truly dark. I love that line too. Just a simple, simple little line. Um, my number two, if we could just continue to profess our love for Galadriel <laughs> in every way, shape, and form, um, the both boat scenes, but like the one she's, sw she's swimming and then she comes upon that ship, mm -hmm. that like defeated ship, uh, broken down. Everyone's freaking out because there's something like there's this worm about to attack them. How about when the worm is coming out of the fog and it looks like their <sighs> ship? Yeah. But it's just more ship pieces on it. Oh my mm -hmm. God, that was so badass. And her interaction, was that another, was was the was that guy a human or an elf that she was interacting with? He was a human. He, he was, was human. human. Their their entire interaction was was super cool. She looks gorgeous in that like cloak on the the ruins of that ship. I was mm -hmm. like, my eyebrows kept going up. My head, you can see my head go down, but my eyes staying up. Um, but my main call out from that is when she gets pulled down underwater and you see that gorgeous underwater shot. And at some point we probably should call it J.A. Bayona, who's the director of the first two episodes. And she's sinking and then the music mm. hits mm -hmm. and then you see him coming down under after her. F Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all i can say about that scene so cool love that beautiful shot uh proto your number three um oh number three already um so the other story, the other, so there's the two other storylines, the one, and there's the one with the, the Sylvan elf, who is an elf who is, he is in the Southern lands, like outside of Mordor. So this is before like Sauron has rebuilt his, his, uh, you know, his kingdom in, in Mordor. Um, so there's just men down there and elves kind of like watching over this land. Um, so he's on a post there. And then there's the, um, I think her name's, uh, Bronwyn, I can't. Bron, was it Bronwyn? Bronwyn, Bronwyn, yeah. So they have some kind of relationship, you know. They, but it's kind of like a forbidden love thing going on between them. Um, I love this character, this Sylvan elf. His name's uh, Arandir, and I thought this guy who's playing him is so cool. He looks great, yeah. and then the dialogue between them. He has this line where they're talking. They're at at the well. And she and she's asking him like, do do you guys have healers because you're immortal? Like, do you need them? And he says, he says, um, there are, but we call them artificers. And most wounds to our bodies heal of their own accord. So, it is their labor instead to render hidden truths as works of beauty. 
For beauty has great power to heal the soul. What? (laughs) And there was a bunch of lines like this where I was like, dang, this is like, it sounds, it sounds amazing for this show. Um, and then just like this, I, like I had no idea that they would go here with this, like this, this concept of a, of an elf and a human, you know, they mentioned that it's only happened twice before in like recorded history. And it was like, it was a tragedy. Um, and I think there might be a story that Tolkien wrote about this. So the fact that they're going in this direction too, is just really cool. Um, I, I, I'm invested in all these, these storylines, um, but I, I found that one of like this this romance. This is, seems like the romance plot, um, really compelling. The Bronwyn character. I mean, how about when they go back to the house? Her son Theo is locked away because there's like uh, I think Arendir went down into the well and didn't come back. Something's coming back up, and they have to fight that thing. I'm not sure if that was an orc or something else, but mm-hmm. I the whole time. And this is probably why, like, some Redditors, some, like, Neanderthals hate this show. (laughs) But, like, she and her son are it for that fight. Mm -hmm. Like, Arendir doesn't come back to save the day. And in, like, 20 years ago, that's probably what would have happened. But now she and her son, and mainly her, like, they take ownership of that fight. And then that awesome shot where she decapitates him, and then she plops the head down in the bar... Uh, that transition. was so cool, so cool, Killer. so well done. I loved it, and yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly invested in her plot too. Both of them, completely. That scene with the orc, yeah, it felt like a like a mini horror scene in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. When that you see the wide eye look through the hole at at, at Theo real quick, yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah, some good then stuff. When he had that thing in his back, and then he got caught in like the part of the house and was just like shaking around. Oh my mm-hmm. God, so good. Do we know what that hilt of the sword is that he's holding, Theo? Where he looks into it and it, the fire, the, the symbol of Sauron is there. Yeah, it, like started, it started flaming up like it was a, a like a sword that was on fire. Right. Yeah, like incredible. some kind of, yeah, like some dark magic mm-hmm. weapon that's, you know, marked by Sauron in some way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's like any reference to that, but that is so cool that he has the hilt of the sword and he's right. like entranced by it, similar to like the One Ring, which right. is kind mm-hmm. of cool. And he's keeping it hidden, which is Has great. that symbol ever popped up in the movies? That like Sauron symbol no. or whatever that is? No, that, like, and maybe like doodled in a book somewhere, but uh, it's not, it's, it's a new symbol, which we're going to probably see tattooed on a million people at this point. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like the yeah. Mandalorian symbol. Oh, uh, Danny, number three. We have to talk about the two Harfoots and the stranger. Yes. The, sh- the scene where the asteroid of him flies across the sky and every bit of storyline sees it happen yeah. mm-hmm. gave me the chills. Like it felt like, oh, this is significant. Cause if I felt like if they only showed it land and the Harfoots find it, it's kind of like a big deal ish. Mm-hmm. But for everyone in the story to see it, I thought was genius that something is happening. Something big is landing uh, in our area. And Mm -hmm. I love the mystery behind this character. It's easy to be like, this is Gandalf or this is is Sauron or something like that. I like the mystery behind the, 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 the shroud of this character. And I love the, the two, 
uh, female Harfoots, like the main one, I can't forget to think of her name right now, but her wanting to make something of her life and to be something different and to befriend and try and help this person, this giant, they call him, um, is, is incredible to watch. And I love yeah. this, this storyline. I almost feel like I'm very invested in this mainly because it looks, it looked amazing. The asteroid around it mm-hmm. or the, the, the cratered ground with the fire and the fire's cool. And then when he's awake, the whispering to the, 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 the fireflies, just like uh, Gandalf does to the moth. Like there's these little hints like this, this is a wizard. This is, this is something big. Like, and I got, I just like, I, I have to know more about this person. Like I was so <laughs> invested in the stranger that I couldn't stop thinking about it for most of the show. Like we have to get back to the storyline. I have mm. to know who this is. Like I, I was so in love with that. Mm. Yeah. The stranger is like the hatch in lost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the flames like receding back when he was like oh. waking up and stuff. And then they came back. So, so this is a safe space. I already said I'm the new, but what's a Harfoot? Uh, different. I don't want to say race, but it's, a, it's not a Hobbit. But it is a. It's like the same. Oh. Same kind of. They. Uh, they're like not mentioned. I don't believe. Uh, maybe they're mentioned a little bit in the Fellowship, but they're not. They're not the same Hobbits as. A, as and also, okay. they don't. Own, <laughs> well, first of all, Amazon doesn't own the rights to say Hobbits. They don't <laughs> even own the rights to the books, any of the books. So this is kind of they're like licensing the name of Lord of the Rings and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit different. Let's see. Number three for me. Um, I, I kind of just want to call out the direction and the cinematography. There mm-hmm. was a ton of gorgeous close-up shots of characters when they were having conversations, like really hardcore, just eye lines. Mm-hmm. And I was really taken aback by it. I thought it was, I thought it was gorgeous. And maybe that was like a way for Bayona to kind of like differentiate from the Lord of the Rings movies and maybe add some of his own style. But I was really taken by that. Like, I think especially the scene by the well, there's a few close-up shots of the characters um, just pretty to look at and just felt different enough to make it feel different than the main trilogy, but still kind of keep it grounded in the same world. I loved it. Yeah, the the direction feels like very confident in yeah. in how it's just how the world's being portrayed and feels believable. And there there are aspects to it where I thought, oh, one issue that I had, I don't know if you guys had this, but like when I when I turned this on, this was so incredibly dark on my TV. <laughs> dark? That, yeah, it like I could barely see in some like the 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 scene with the troll in the first episode, the snow I could, troll. Yeah, I could barely make out anything but like the oh, troll's really? face what's so your, i had to like uh, what's your what's your brightness set at in that tcl show sponsor well I, well I have it like on like i had it like on a cinema setting in like dark oh, <laughs> so yeah, i turned yeah, everything yeah. to like bright and it was still kind of dark oh, and then i actually and then i put it on my laptop and it, it was much brighter so i don't mm. i don't know what was going on i haven't had that happen before on my tv um, yeah, I kind of liked it. I left it dark. I, I was I was thinking the same thing. I I have it on. I think I have it on like movie setting and then dark. So mm-hmm, like some of yeah. those scenes were like exceptionally moody. 
for the the two episodes that I watched. I thought some of like some of the scenes didn't look so great in terms of like the one scene that really stood out to me is the ceremony the elves had. That looked like very green screeny to me mm. where they were like crowning them. Mm. Um but again, because everything looks everything else looks looks so good and and cared for, I don't really mind when things look a little iffy in terms of the CGI. There's like right. so many fine details in the background too. Like if you, if you look at the backgrounds, like they didn't like cut any corners. That scene of them at the well, like you look at the house, there's like molding and like the rock looks worn and he has the the door. There's like rust coming off all of like the screws on the door. Um, just every, and then there's the scene where they were out blueberry picking the Harfoots and there's like this rock that has like this carving into like the whole rock, but like half of it is like cut off. I was just like really impressed about the the amount of detail that yeah. went into everything here. I thought the co- like the costumes were Incredible. amazing. Yeah. Like um, I was Aaron Deere, the soldier, his like chest piece, oh, like yeah. armor. Yeah. Holy smokes, that was so cool looking. And it didn't look like I think we had this problem when we talked about Mulan ages ago on the show. Oh my god, I forgot when. All of the costumes just look like they were just made. Disney, retire. <laughs> God. <laughs> and I think we probably also caught some of that in, I know I did in Kenobi. I'm sorry to bring up Kenobi again. For people that like Kenobi, <laughs> this, is just, Don't this apologize. is just the way it's going to be. We're exercising um, demons. When, <laughs> when the Inquisitors, I knew when I was going to have a bit, when this show was downhill, when the Inquisitors <laughs> stepped off that ship in Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And their black armor was in full daylight. You could see everything. And I, I, I think I put my head down and started rubbing my forehead during that scene. But, <laughs> but like in this, like the the elves, their clothing looks gorgeous, but it's not like freshly printed something you can wear to a con. It, it's like legit. You feel like you're in this world. And same with the soldiers, same with everyone else. Uh, beautiful. Also, thank God that they didn't decide to over-sexualize this like uh, Game of Thrones. Like, there's like none of that. It's it's all mm-hmm. very, I don't know, it's just like focused on the story. Like, you don't need to bait us with like Galadriel, be, you know, being like the sex icon or anything. Just like tell a good story. Like, I just yeah. appreciate that too, that they didn't like, you know, fall for any, any of those cheap tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, her being a badass is sexy. Oh my True. God. I mean, I'm in love. That Mm -hmm. boat wreckage alone. When she is like (laughs) fingertips in to the undying lands and turns around and jumps off the boat to swim back to Middle Earth. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. J.A. Bayona, who has directed A Monster Calls, The Impossible, and believe it or not, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Same director. My favorite of that trilogy. That's true. You, you were vociferous <laughs> right. about that. You've been right all along. Uh, all right. So honorable mentions, uh, last remaining notes from Proto, and will you continue after watching the pilot? Yeah, I guess it's the, the other thing, the scene where in the first episode where Galadriel gets back and there's the carved statue of the elves <sighs> that have fallen in the woods. Like those looked incredible too. Like mm-hmm. this was like, them being at Rivendell in like the fellowship. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Her line of like, I thought I was going to be one of them. 
like because she was mm. already being sent back to the Undying Lands, and she thought she'd see herself up on a tree. Like, excuse me, like she's just. I love it. Yeah. Also, oh yeah. Also that them exploring that conversation they have, like her dealing with eternal PTSD of like mm. the fighting that she's done in the hunt for Sauron and like how, like he's saying, you're going to go to the undying lands. And she's like, every song would be torment because of what I've lived through. And he says, only in the blessed realm can that which is broken be healed. Mm. My God. <laughs> what, um, what, let me just interject just real quick. What yeah. if, Talk to us. Universal buys the theme park rights for Lord of the Rings of Rings of Power and starts building some of these cool Stop. sets and has its own land. I mean, oh throw God. another few bill at the Tolkien's and New Line if they're even still a company. I don't know how they're still solvent, but <laughs> let's make this happen. You know? I know. I have never gone to any theme park, but if someone builds Hobbiton, in the United States and I can go to it, I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Day I will one. be there. Um, uh, oh, the second episode, I didn't have as many notes, but um, how about her eating the live snails? Ew. <laughs> Him that was too. pretty hardcore. Yeah. Just crunching them. Crunching yeah. them. Yeah. I can't really express how excited I am for this stranger character. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and the, they're going nuts online about trying to figure out who it could be. Really? Like Everyone chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just enjoy the ride, but man, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. I am, I'm all in, uh, to be honest, I started rewatching the episodes today. Um, like that's how psyched <laughs> I am for this. <laughs> like I am Yo. so ready for Friday already. Um, yeah, I will be watching this and rewatching it. I hope I hope we're, this is like, we're at this level and this isn't, they're not baiting us, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 and yeah. it's going to drop level. off. Yeah. Um, so let's all just pray uh, that this continues. But I am, yeah, I'm in love. Uh, honorable mentions, we got to talk real quick about Kazakh Doom and the dwarves, the mining. It looks incredible. Oh, yeah. You see them open the box. They're, they're, they're mining the mithril. You know they're going to go too deep. You know the Balrog's coming. Like we, this is very exciting stuff. Like I couldn't when they started showing the sweeping shots of the, of the mine, the bridges, them walking across, everything happening in that. Oh, kiss mm -hmm. me! I was so excited about that storyline too. Like every storyline, like I want to know more each time, and it's it's incredible. I'm with you, Proto. Friday can't come soon enough to see this next episode. I'm very excited about this series. Yeah. That dwarven area in my notes, I wrote, looks like a painting, that entire section. Yeah. Gorgeous. Mm. Oh, him planting outside? that tree. Oh, the yeah. sapling? oh my God. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, that friendship. Whew. Um, going through my notes. There was a, one of my lines was like how they got to that kind of like hidden citadel above the, the top of the ice that they thought was going to like lead them closer to Sauron, Sauron, Sauron. And they're like, no, we have to go back home to report that we saw this and then we'll come back. My mm -hmm. God, how much of a pain in the ass travel would that, that be? No way. <laughs> like years or months is that? Jeez. I'd be like the one like, Lazy elf. I'd be like, come on, guys, yeah. it took us three years to get here. We're going to travel three years back home and then another three years to come back? Yeah. Please. Three I know. Elf life is like 20 minutes, though. 
I drove five minutes um, to my Wawa and forgot my my wallet, and I was livid. Like I am never coming back to this Wawa, and it's my fault, and I'm not coming back. The uh, the shot of um, the orc where they were like testing the magic, and he was like annihilationed into the wall. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my god! Yes, I mean that could be a that could be a hot photo spot at Universal. The annihilated selfie orc. That. Selfie with the <laughs> annihilated orc. Praying hands right in front of the orc. <laughs> oh, another thing about the dwarves. Um, so something famous is that you we've never seen like female dwarves. We don't know what they oh, look yeah. like. And here's here's Duran's wife. Um, and then the, this amazing element of like what their role is of how like they speak to the mountain and they like mm. send sounds oh. into it. And then that's how they like they almost have like this radar system to like figure out where to to, to mine next. I thought that was brilliant. That's like brilliant, creative uh, storytelling mm. with that of like filling out this gap that exists in the, in this, uh, you know, this story and, and adding something so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sick cow. I thought when I was like shooting at Oof. that black goo, um, that, uh, I think it was the, was it the snow? What was the thing that attacked them? The snow troll. Snow Troll, we see like the side profile of it. I think when they climb onto the ice, I thought it was like a wolf at first. Like it like shows up as they like go in. The CGI in that thing was nuts. I don't mm-hmm. even, maybe that was like a real effect, practical effect, but it looked awesome. Yeah, it looked great. The violins when he dives after the underwater. Yeah, I think those are all my mentions. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was gorgeous. Fantastic to look at. I mean, the backgrounds alone... It's just we ha- we were comparing it to what 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 should have been this good, like on Disney Plus. We should have gotten this. This should have been Kenobi, <laughs> and we will never have that. But we do have the Rings of Power, and that's okay too. Are either of you watching the House of Dragons? Is that no. what it's called? I've never. No. I would never got into Game of Thrones. Oh. Just wonder how that compared. I mean, I refuse to watch this because of how they left us with the last series. But um, we did get a DM. I don't think it was from Brady who was comparing it to the Dragon Show, and he said the CGI is like not even close to on what the Game of Thrones. Level. Yeah, oh. it's like not comparable. Um, so this was a special preview of what our supporters, our patrons, get for the pilot season. If you dug this. Join 350 other people on our Patreon uh, and Spotify and Apple. I don't know what the heck the number is up to, but it's around there. But it was great to watch this. Had fun Mm. chatting. Maybe we'll add in, um, well, actually, no, because we record on Thursdays. So we'll always be like a week late. Let's not be a week late. Mm. Now let's, mm. (laughs) do we need to move our- Let's arrive whenever we mean to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is a special episode. Hope you dug Uh it. Uh, There's more- in the 70M vault where that came from and thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) 70mm is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, 
slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast. Oh, my God.